Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation Podcast, and I am your pissed-off host, Raider Greg. Yes, I've got a little attitude today, and I'm going to have to share it with all y'all here at the Raider Nation Podcast on show 205. Yeah, yeah. Do you know about my city? The city of Oak. Oh, don't you know? Do you know about my city? The city of Oak. Oh, don't you know? Now let's take a little trip down memory lane. My brothers played nothing but the big game. All right, first of all, a little, uh, little news here. Sean Lights Out Merriman. Looks like he's going to be Sean Knee Out Merriman for the rest of the season. I love it. You got to love that. I just love to say stuff like that because, well, you know. Okay, here we go. We're going to have a great show today. Asshole of the Week, Gary Peterson. Gary, another retread, another guy trying to leap on top of the pile of stories on Lane Kiffin's demise. We're going to hit on that post-game, or what I like to call a stress debriefing for the Raider Nation. Absolutely. We'll hit the injury report, and we'll also hit the bone line. That's right. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. And let me tell you right now, Thanks for listening to me. Thanks for coming into the show. I want to thank all the fans out there for all their bone line messages. It is awesome. It's encouraging for Randy and I, and we have a great time with it. So let's move on with the show. Shut your mouth. Try not to panic. Just shut your mouth. If you can do it. Shut your mouth. Try not to panic. Asshole of the week. <laughs> Asshole of the week. Gary Peterson. Now, you know, Gary, I don't know how much you know, Al, but you know, you must know him pretty well because you sound like you do. Peterson's article starts off and is entitled, Davis has way of getting last word. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Can you feel it already? Yes, I told you I was hoping for at least a regular season game loss before the Vultures started to circle. But right away, Peterson takes the first step in the Olympic race to bash the Raiders right out of the local Bay Area media. Saying things like this, which I think are funny, but poor placed as far as this team goes. He talks here about a Saturday night, Coach Lane Kiffin looked like a guy eager to go home and jump into a hot tub with a live toaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think so, Peterson. I don't think so. Lane Kiffin was upset. We were all upset. But I just don't think this game was going to make him go home and put a toaster in the doggone jacuzzi. As well as I don't think this is the game that's going to send Al Davis down the hallway and nail his door shut. I don't think this is the game where we lose the team, the psyche, the energy, 
the fortitude or anything else to go forward in this season. It's the third freaking preseason game of the year. He goes on to quote Kiffin and what he says about the team, and of course, Kiffin is quite candid. I will say this, Al Davis is certainly being poked and prodded, and this is me talking, uh, by Lane Kiffin, and you better watch out because I'll tell you what, Gruden never went this far, and Kiffin is definitely stretching the line just a bit when it comes out in the media, as in not directly bashing, but pretty goddamn close to directly bashing the way Al Davis runs his team. I'll be the first one to say that Al Davis is quirky, and there's some things he does that piss me off. This indeed is one of them. I can't stand him getting his crooked little finger into the team, especially when it comes to keeping players, diminishing players that don't deserve to be in the silver and black because he likes them for some reason, personally or whatever. You should let the coach coach the team and the owner pay the coach and the team and revel in the victories when they happen. Anyway, Gary Peterson, I got to tell you, your story was bullshit. And the whole idea of trying to put the Raiders into the, oh, no, my goodness, we're now at the end since we lost our third preseason game with no points scored. And he goes on to say the first time in 67 games that the Raiders have been blanked in the preseason. So what are you going to do? Another record set by the Raiders. Not a one that I'd like to remember. That's for damn sure. But I'll tell you this. I don't care. It's a preseason game. Peterson, you are the asshole of the week. Were you born an asshole? Or did you work it your whole life? Either way, it worked out fine. Because you're an Let's hit the injury report right now because um, this game, this game, you know what? I'm going to go rant. I'm going on a rant because I just can't fucking hold on to it anymore. Four preseason games, four freaking preseason games. What the hell are we doing playing four preseason games? Do something, you commissioner, missioner. Get up there. And do something about these four preseason games. Turn them into regular season games. We don't need four games to figure out where we are as a team. It's a ripoff. Let me say that again. It's a ripoff to the fans who pay hard-earned money to sit their ass in a seat and watch your team. It's just disrespectful all the way around, including the fact that you could possibly lose key players for the season for or forever for that matter. Preseason games should be a maximum of two, and that should be it. The other two games, if we do play them, should be played either in Europe, which I think is a great idea, or added to the regular schedule, however you want to do it. Mix it up as you like, Mr. Goodell. But I'll tell you this, preseason games are bullshit, and this many... Not only is it an insult to the fans, which pay everybody's freaking salary. Hello. 
and to the players who have to go out there and take a risk of being hurt for the regular season and not getting a paycheck, Padna. So feel me on that. Preseason is bullshit. Okay, <clears throat> let's go back to the injury report <laughs> because I'm pissed. There's no reason for all these injuries on the Raiders. The young man who got the last interception of Leinart's final pass into our secondary, Rashid Baker, sustained an ankle injury with an unknown severity at this point. He was hobbled off the field after that play, and there's been no report on his condition. Definitely could use that kid, and he can't go nowhere because at least he has enough fortitude and spring in his step as a safety to pick up an interception, something that Washington, I believe, took a couple seasons to do. This guy did it first year. So I like Rashid Baker. He came in, made some great tackles as well. He's a good kid. Let's hope he gets well. Drew Carter, of course, and Orrin O'Neill, both blown out in the first three minutes of the game. What the hell is that? Drew Carter, our most promising receiver, out. Oren O'Neill, the hammer, is out. Oren O'Neill is a huge part of our offensive scheme. And I hope you got the huge part, because I cannot underscore that enough. Oren O'Neill is the hammer that allows our running backs, like Justin Fargus, without O'Neill last season, would not have come close to 1,000 yards. I am positive. Justin Griffith, who's taking his place, is okay, but a poor blocker, and it was shown after O'Neill got hurt all the way through the game because Griffith cannot block for crap. He can receive pretty well, but he's not a blocking fullback, which is what we need. Namdi Asamoah also sustained an ankle injury. It wasn't a limp off the field one, but he did get some bruising down there, so they pulled him out of the game early. Thank goodness we didn't leave, uh, lose Namdi because that would have been most insanely tragic for our team. So that's the injury report as far as I know, Raider Nation. So take a look. And we'll check that next podcast. All right, here we go. The post game for the red birds that were not dead birds that threw a lot of turds on our field. And uh, actually four big turds. We intercepted every damn one of them. I love our defense. Let's get into that post game, shall we? Okay, this is the post game stress debriefing for the cards. Well, I told you the Cardinals were nothing to laugh about, but I didn't realize that our coaching staff would set up such a mediocre game plan for such a good team. Before I go on a, a big rant about that, well, I think I will go on a big rant about that. I'll first go into the coaching aspect of this game. 
Obviously, it was very juvenile, or I've heard before, pedestrian. Lane Kiffin and crew did a terrible job in lining up plays for our team to succeed on the offensive side of the ball. It was all about failure for Kiffin this time, and Knapp, who I saw arguing with Kiffin more than one time on the sidelines, I don't know who the hell didn't see that, but I sure as hell did, and there's a lot of uncomfortable attitudes around the line there as we were getting pummeled to 24-0. Although we kept the score 3-0 to for three-quarters of the game, it pretty much opened up, and we were bleeding by the gallon in the third and fourth quarters. I know the coaching staff would love to blow smoke up our ass and say, yes, uh, Jamarcus Russell did a fantastic job. Yes, he did a fantastic job with our first-string offensive line and with the ability for them to hold on for at least a quarter or a little bit less, actually. He threw the ball, and he made 140 yards with no touchdowns, and he did have an interception. I'm glad it happened during the preseason. Other than that, I don't think I don't think his his uh, pass throwing abilities are stellar. I think he has a whole lot more to learn. And watching him play this game, he looked at every single receiver he passed the ball to for the entire time after the ball was snapped. A dead giveaway in any defensive back's eyes. And if we go on to the season with that kind of fake attitude, uh, as far as the the quarterback is concerned, our wide receivers are going to be dead freaking meat. The first thing Jamarcus needs to do is look away, look away, look away, and then throw the ball to the guy you know is there. It's an oldest, the oldest thing that's happened in the NFL. It's been around since forever. It's the way that good quarterbacks separate themselves from bad quarterbacks. This is a college move. College, you look at the guy you're going to throw the ball to and throw it. That's how it works. In the pros, you need to be able to switch it up. You need to be able to fake it out. I did not see very many reads going from first, second, to third receiver. I didn't see any of that going on. And I pretty much saw him throw the ball to exactly who he wanted to throw the ball to begin with. I'm very disappointed in this game. I just cannot believe the coaching staff. This, this was supposed to be the game that we game planned for like a regular season game. And we were blown out to 24 to 0. Kiffin's comments were loud and clear. He was not pleased with the, the way the team played. It was played lousy or whatever. He was not happy with the way the team performed. And that is an under frickin' statement for everyone who is a witness to that mess that was the Cardinals game on a Saturday night. Yes, I'm a little pissed. Of course I'm pissed. I'm pissed because, you know, you pay hard earned money. Randy pays 150 bucks for that seat. I'd like to pay 150 bucks for that joke. If you're going to experiment with a team, Lane Kiffin, why don't you do it on an away game where the fans at home that help to raise your salary don't have to watch such a nightmare and partake in such a beatdown? It flips me out that that would happen at home, take the opportunity to do that somewhere else, even though I understand these trying to get the passing game together. Couldn't he insert that into one of the away games that we have? I, for one, think home field means home field. It's home for the fans and the people who care about this team. The very freaking least that you could do, especially if you got we got to pay for preseason, is try to fucking win a preseason game. Because you know what? Those seats aren't empty. You're not playing by yourselves, and those people are buying beer and food and everything else for crying out loud. So the very least the fans deserve is an effort from the coaching staff 
to try to succeed in a game. I do not put this on the players. This is a strictly coaching fiasco. And that's what I'm going to tell you right now. Look over the offense. The offense was one-dimensional. There was no depth. There was no imagination. There was absolutely nothing that separated Pop Warner from this game. It was juvenile and pedestrian. The plays were very easy to see, easy to read for me. I want, the defense must have had a field day, which they did, really. We did put some dents down the field, but the crucial mark of a team is to get the goddamn ball in the end zone. I don't give a shit if you have a 100% passing record. If you can't get the ball into the end zone, then it doesn't mean shit. And that's what happened to us. Shades of two seasons. Shades of two freaking seasons where we have a defense that actually two seasons ago was better than the one last year because at least we got a chance to see some good defensive play. Now this season, I can see it again. If we play like we played tonight or Saturday night, then we're going to be having the most tired defense in the entire country as they continue to go onto the field after three and out. I can't stand it and won't stand for it. I don't believe that's the case here. I don't believe that this is what the team's made of. I don't believe it. The thing that made me mad was the fact of the play calling. Obviously, I'm pissed about the coaching. McFadden, of course he didn't make any yards because A, Orrin O'Neill was out. They don't even know how to deal with that yet, and they certainly didn't know how to deal with it once it happened because he would have made 10 times more yards with Orrin O'Neill ahead of the game. So you can't bash him because he did not have a key player there to help him out with that run game. Orrin O'Neill's the one who takes out those linebackers. All those guys that tackled McFadden on the two, three yards plays. Well, that was because he didn't have a fullback to do the fullback thing, and we're not even ready for that. The other thing was the running plays were juvenile and pedestrian. That's right. All off-tackle runs. Left side, right side, right side, left side, left side, right side. We almost had the crowd singing it, chanting it. Left side run, right side run, left side run, right side run, up the middle, up the middle, up the middle. They were all off tackle, all every single one of them. Very predictable and easy to stop, even with you where you're you're a fullback in place. Unbelievable. By the third quarter, the offensive line was so gassed because they had to be out there without having to take a break that they were as porous as Swiss cheese. Shades of last season with quarterbacks running for their lives, throwing on the run, almost interceptions, and yes, Russell did a pretty good job for being under the heat. Why? Why would Lane Kiffin put him in that position and the possibility of him getting hurt? He got sacked just before the half where he fumbled the ball again, and it would have been their ball like on our 25-yard line. Not a good sign when you're trying to build confidence in a young quarterback. I believe that our offensive line is just as bad as it's ever been. I hate to say that, and I hate to say it, but I was feeling so good coming into this game that at least I thought we would have enough to do something, not to dominate, not to be over-dominating, you know, dominating, but at least show that we could do some things. Progress game for game for game and see if we can add more plays and more depth and more imagination, and I see five steps backwards, two steps forward, 
five steps backwards and why? I don't fucking know. I can't tell you. I can't figure it out. Please don't let me even think that it's because Kiffin is mad at Al that this whole game went so shitty. Please don't let me think that it's because they're having some kind of bullshit argument over some kind of player situation that the fans have to suffer with a shitty game plan and a lousy coaching staff decision situation. I just don't want to believe that shit. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so the sack and fumble, like I said, at the end of the half said everything to me. It just was a omen of things to come, and no one in the entire stadium expected any more than what we saw. Lessons from the offense this this uh, this game. I want to tell you right now. Lessons are: if you're going to game plan for a game, you better throw in your game plan. It's nice to keep secrets, but your team has to be able to click with those plays and be able to play with those plays. And you're not going to put them into the game plan on the last game of the season. Nobody does. This third game is the most important game we have in this stupid four game cycle, and the fact that we wasted it. Wasted it by making our team single-dimensional, by not putting in plays that would help this fucking team is pathetic and lack of judgment. And I'm holding Kiffin fucking responsible. You know how I like him, but I think it's bullshit, and you're hearing it right here. The other problem that we have on the offense is we have no depth. It's a very fragile situation. We lost two key players. Those players are absolutely massively important to our organization. Maybe we can can heal up from the wide receiver, which is a big, big loss, a tremendous loss. But that fullback spot is going to be sorely missed, and our running game, if we don't get that piece put back in the puzzle, is going to suffer incredibly. We need someone to go through that initial line and knock off these doggone linebackers, or our running game will suck. As much as I'm positive about our running game, that fullback is a absolutely incredibly important piece to our team. Let's hit the defense, shall we? Solid's first string. Defense, as I have said since the beginning, is progressing excellently. The fact that they were three points to zero all the way through the third quarter is a testament to the defense. Four interceptions, two fumbles. That says a whole lot about this team defense. And as long as we stay healthy, because we're still thin there. I mean, we lose a couple of guys there on injury, and we go right back to last year. We need to keep everybody strong and, of course, build next season with some people that can go in and make the difference and make a change as far as some depth is concerned. We need depth at these positions. We have a great defense. They were awesome all the way through the game. At the very end, you could see the defensive backs were having a tough time with the passing game, and we got torched. We got torched for all kinds of yards. The delayed run, I don't know what the Raiders are going to do, but I can't tell you how many times – that the dead birds put on a delayed run, and it just killed us for 15, 25, 30 yards every time. As soon as you saw the delay, 
everybody in my section was going, oh, there it is again. We'd all look at it and go, oh, no. And sure enough, sure enough, the running defense is very suspect still. Without our first string defensive backs in there, it is very porous up front with everybody that we have there. Kelly or not, Richardson or not, Burgess or not, doesn't matter. Whoever's up there, Sands ain't doing it because if we don't have our DBs up close, that running game is killing us. So I look for that to be improved too. I'd like to see that happen right away, but there you go. 24-0 is shell-shocking. It's, it's devastating to a fan who feels his team has a, a positive direction and really feels that this is a, a, the game that we need to really win because this is the game you plan to win. Evidently, there are some issues between Knapp and Kiffin. Like I said before, they were not very happy with each other on the sideline. Nobody was happy on the sideline. Kiffin did look like his face was in mud. He didn't look very good. Looked like he'd been, you know, shocked, literally, like the rest of us. I'm hoping that Greg Knapp is not the guy that came from the Falcons. Where they used to take, call him Greg, go take a nap as the games played. You know, the guy left San Francisco for the Falcons, and then the Falcons kicked him out, and we got him. I'm hoping, I'm praying that Lane Kiffin has a little more feedback on the team play assessment and plays on the offense than is shown on this game. I am sorely disappointed. I can't hang my hat on this game. I can tell you this, that everybody in the Raider Nation is now not very confident about that opener on September 8th. We want to be confident. Everybody wants to be positive. But this leads not very much uh, optimism for the Raider Nation and those who know football. Lane Kiffin, get your shit together. And Greg Knapp, wake up, Padna. You better start planning for a game because the Broncos, they're the real deal. And this is a real football. And it's the real NFL. So that's all I have to say about this game. I'm hoping that it was a training exercise in futility and the single dimension was purposely done to put pressure on the quarterback to see how he would respond in a tough situation. That's all I can hope for because I tell you, my friends, if this was a game planned to win as advertised, a game planned to be, you know, the throwing game, if this is a game plan to be something that we were supposed to be planning for and succeeding in, then, my friends, we fell incredibly short. Let's hit the bone line. Okay, Raider fans, here we go. The bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Throw the nation a bone. Throw me a bone. Get on there and throw your bones. If you don't like your first recording, do it two, three, five times. I don't care. We'll pick out the best one. Don't be shy. How could you be shy? You're a Raider fan. No, we're all loud and proud. 
get on the bone line because we got some guys shouting it out right here. We got some great takes, and here they are. From the nation to your station. Raider TR, he's coming in big. Hit it, T. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Raider TR chiming in again. I just was watching the infamous BSPN on the first take, and I saw Jamal Anderson actually speaking well about the Raiders, saying that if Run DMC himself can have a Adrian Peterson-like season, we are looking like playoff contenders. And just wanted to say, wow, that we got some good news from BSPN for the first time in probably a couple years. And that Titans game looks sweet. J-Ross is going to be on fire this year, and I'm looking forward to a great season. Much love to the Raider Nation. Jamal Anderson. Jamal Anderson came in and said something positive. Well, that's cool. I mean, I could say something positive like that, too, because BSPN has to throw some bones to somebody. But if McFadden does run like Peterson, uh, that would be a miracle because Peterson has one of the best offensive lines in football, and we don't. So I'm hoping that that happens. Uh, if he can run as good as Peterson, it would be crazy. But he's going to need a whole lot of help because our offensive line blows. So I'm hoping that happens too. I'm hoping we have a good season. It's good to see someone positive about the Raiders. But I don't think calling McFadden Peterson uh, is going to work out because Peterson has the best offensive line in football. Who we got coming up now? Oh, it's Raider Frank. From Cologne, Germany. Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Nation. This is Raider Frank from Cologne, Germany. I'm listening for some months to your show and have a lot of fun and laughs as well. I want to say that I'm traveling to Oakland for the season opener against the Denver Broncos. I'm just there for the game to watch the silver and black take on the Broncos. These are 5,500 miles to see the Raiders play. Is anybody out there traveling a greater distance than that? Hopefully I will meet you guys at your tailgate party to meet you, Raider Greg, and bald Raider Randy. Watch out for another even more bald Raider. I'm looking forward to come to Raider country and meet you guys. Just 17 days left to kick off the Denver Broncos and Mike Shanahan. Great show, Raider Greg. Go on like that. Go, Raider Nation. Go, Silver and Black. This is Raider Frank from Cologne, Germany. Thanks. I'm out. 5,500 miles, partner. That is crazy. Do you hear that, Nation? That's some dedication, buddy. I'm telling you right now. I'm sweating just thinking about it. That is a crazy amount of uh, miles to go. We do have people coming from all over the world. 5,500s, pretty big number, man. Welcome to the Mecca. Welcome back home. Welcome to the Silver and Black. You got to come out to our tailgate. Hopefully, we'll hook up before the game. Maybe we can go to Ricky's, have some drinks or whatever. And I love the way you say, Bronk House. I love it. That is great. We thank you for the props, man. And I'll tell you what. It'll be good to see you at the tailgate. It'll be crazy. We got all kinds of people coming from all over. So I'm going to be running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But still, we'll have a good time. We'll have a lot of fun. And it'll be one with the Raider Nation. You'll have a great time. I know. We just have to bring 
We got the beat, the Bronx. I love it. I'm doing that from now on. I'm stealing it from you, partner. Who's next? Raider Joe. What up, Raider Greg? It's Joe representing Columbus, Ohio, via San Diego, California. Born and bred in hated, boatless country, but diehard Raider fan from birth. I just wanted to say that I'm very excited about not only this upcoming season, but the seasons to come. We have quite a tight nucleus of talent. <clears throat> and unlike the Chargers and the Broncos and the Chefs, uh, we know what to do when we get talent. The Chargers fans, growing up in Southern California and San Diego, having to hear Chargers fans all of a sudden talk about how great their Chargers are with Damian Tomlinson and Philip Rivers, and Antonio Gates, and not be able to win a playoff game ever past the big game, very unimpressive. As bad as we had been over the last few years, we were still in the Super Bowl in 2002. Should have been in one in 2001, and 2000 as well. But our time is coming. The return to prominence, the return to dominance, the AFC West better watch out. The AFC better watch out because I'm telling you, there's a tight nucleus of players. Jamarcus Russell becomes what Jamarcus Russell can become. That guy is going to be the second coming. Mark it down. I don't think we have a Todd Murkovich on our hands. Ronald Curry, one of the more underrated receivers in all of football, and that three-headed monster at running back. Seriously, Fargus. D-Mac, Michael Bush, who in God's green earth is stopping that? That's ridiculous. Those, any one of those three would start on any team in the NFL practically. That is just too much talent running down people's throats. Defensive line is going to be much better. Run, stopping, defensive line. If we can plug up the middle of that line, don't have to worry about Stuart Schweigert missing the tackle downfield, and we got Jabril Wilson, we got Michael Huff moving over to his natural position, we got D'Angelo Hall, Nandi Osmoa, that is a spooky, spooky defense. I hearken back to the days of Scott Davis and Howie Long and Greg Townsend, where you have uh, Terry McDaniel and Albert Lewis and, and Ronnie Lott and Eddie Anderson. This is the type of team we're going to start having again. It's going to be a team that is going to be scary good, and we're going to shut up all these stupid fans who have no idea what they're talking about. I promise you this. We go at least 8-8 this year, definitely make the playoffs next year, Super Bowl within three years, and complete league dominance thereafter. Lane Kiffin, actually a great football mind, so I say sit back, relax, enjoy, focus on our commitment to excellence, and Al Davis will have the last laugh, as Al Davis always does, and may God rest Gina Shaw's soul. I am out, sir. Raider Nation. Raider Joe from Columbus, Ohio, via San Diego. I like that. I, I couldn't wait to do that, really. Uh, <laughs> in chargeless country 
Oh man, I feel bad for you, but actually I feel pretty good. I don't I wouldn't mind living down there in San Diego cuz you know what? The Charger fans are the weakest fans in all sports. It's funny how the AFC West has the best and the weakest fans in all sports in one, you know, division of the NFL. No doubt any team that can't sell seats for a playoff game and have to advertise, please Give me a break. No wonder you don't have a ring or you won't have a new stadium because nobody wants your ass. That's right. Roy Merriman and your knee. <laughs> Lights out there, partner. Anyway, great. Great to hear from you, Joe. It's good to see you're just holding down things down there in Columbus, Ohio, because you know the Browns are down there, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But uh, you know what? You say Gruden Kiffin. Uh, I don't think Gruden got away with as much as Kiffin is pushing the envelope with, quite honestly. I do think they're similar in the way that they tell it like it is, and that, I think, is refreshing. I don't know how long Al's going to put up with it, but I think Kiffin doesn't hold any punches. He calls it like it is. It's something I'd rather see than the mealy-mouthed North Turner. We're going to do better. We're going to build on what we do best and whatever. Okay? All right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I hope to return to glory, too. I hope we return to glory very freaking soon. And it's just a matter of putting the right chemicals in the bag, man. I'm telling you right now. We got some guys in there. We got some young players. It's a young team. We can certainly do it. It's just a matter if we can click on all cylinders, make everybody form into a team, which it looks like we're doing, have a good coaching staff with a great game plan, you know what? It takes a lot to win in this league. It's professional sports, and it gets harder every season. So it's not like you know it's the same as it was last year because everyone changes and everyone gets better. We're going to get better too. I hope we do take it to the Super Bowl in three years, Pana. Ray to Tatum comes in, and he comes in solemnly. I agree with you, Pana. <laughs> Raider Greg, this is Raider Tatum from the Midwest. Uh, not going to be as flamboyant or open, I should say, exciting as I have been. Uh, the news of Gene Upshaw passing away at the age of 63 uh, is quite sad. I know out there in the land, a lot of people don't like him being head of the Players Union. I think he's done a lot of great things. He's part of that dynasty, his 15-year career with the Raiders, induction in the Hall of Fame in 87. I'm just, I'm a little shook up right now, but uh, I, I take my, my Raiders stuff serious, and one of our boys are gone now. I hope everyone else will remember him as a great Raider. With that being said, I'm, I'm just going to take off. God bless all of you, and long live the Sabbath, and as usual, put Tatum in the Hall of Fame. Thank you. That's very true. Gene Upshaw, man. I'm going to tell you, me and Gene, you know, I'll just do the next bone line, too, because uh, Raul Oliveros has something to say, too. So let's hit it, Raul. Go ahead, brother. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Raul Oliveros. Just want to say um, today is a sad day in Raiderland. Um, as much as I wanted the Raiders to be in the news, I didn't want them to be in the news this way. Uh, Gene Upshaw was a great player, a great person, a great individual. 
but more, more, more than anything, he was a great Raider and uh, one of the few Raider Hall of Famers. It, uh, it's a sad day today to see him go, so uh, rest in peace, Gene. That's all I got. Gene Upsaw's passing, sudden, but it's like anything else. Uh, Howie Long was on the Jim Rome show this morning talking about Gene and how he was as a person. Howie Long uh, remembers Gene taking him under his arm, under his wing, as as well as Art, and uh, being uh, good role models and, and, and instilling in him the winning uh, attitude that it takes to be a Raider. And that's one of the reasons that Howie developed such a, a great passion for our team and for this game. Uh, he was the one who said that himself. But, you know, here's, a, here's an article by Ron Smith, and I just want to read it. I know Randy's probably clenching his teeth, but I'll, I'll do my best. It was a religious experience, a broom-waving moment for Oakland fans. Big number 63 would step back at the ball snap, move immediately laterally to his left, ahead of Raiders' ball-toting convoy, and there it was. First, a defensive back would show up and Gene Upshaw's radar screen, then a linebacker, all targets for annihilation. Then a bulldozing block would send bodies flying and clear the way for another successful power sweep. Upshaw was Oakland's big sweeper and masterful left offensive guard for 15 seasons. A line fixture from 1967, the day he was drafted out of a tiny Texas university by Al Davis. Upshaw was targeted for guard duty. Even though his six foot five, two hundred fifty five pound body was much bigger than the fire plug like players who traditionally manned the position, Davis was looking for someone who could block monster Kansas City tackle Buck Buchanan. He was six foot seven, two hundred seventy pounds, and their one on one battles throughout the years became football classics. Al Davis said, I figured if Buchanan was going to play for the Chiefs for the next ten seasons, we better get some big guy who could handle him, Davis said. So we got Upshaw. Those two guys put on some stirring battles over the years. I can only imagine. The intelligent, intense, and always dedicated Upshaw was equally proficient as a straight-ahead blocker or pass protector. A 14-year linemate of Hall of Fame tackle, Art Shell, he also was a team leader, Coach John Madden's choice as offensive captain in 1969. Check that, a lineman as a captain. That was in his third season as well. Upshaw provided a liaison between an admired Maring Davis and the team's players who looked up to him for advice. His intelligence carried over to the way he consistently approached his work. The mild-mannered Upshaw could knock over riders with his thunderous laugh or defenders with his savage blocks. It's no coincidence that the Raiders won an AFL championship in his rookie 1967 season and went on to post a 157-56-7 regular season record over 15 career years. Upshaw also played in 10 AFL-AFC title games and helped the Raiders win two Super Bowls before retiring in 1981. Of course, Gene Upshaw was a player's representative for the NFLPA, and that's where his last assignment was here. 
Always a Raider man to the core, believing in the working guy, working hard to get everybody what they could, even the guys who retired who didn't make hardly any dough back in the day. Gene Upshaw, I don't care what anybody else says. I respect you, and we're going to miss you as part of the Raider family, and you will definitely be there in history and not forgotten ever. Who do we have next? Raider Nathan. Well, well, well. Let's have it, Raider Nathan. What's up, Raider Greg? This is Raider Nathan coming at you from Oakland, California. I just want to let you know that I just heard those two dolphin punk-ass bitches on your uh, show. And they're a bunch of little pansy-ass fucking bitches. I'm with Juan Jorge. I'm about to go to his section and sit with his ass and wait for these fucking pussy-ass bitch thin motherfuckers to come and say something to our face and come into our fucking town. Who the hell do they think they are? Like, like seriously, like, we beat them last year. We ran all over them. They're the worst team in the NFL. How could they seriously come at us saying all that bullshit? And what kind of immature motherfucker will t- says, I want to spread my butt cheeks around your face? And it makes the Dolphin fans look like complete idiots. So, uh, before you start criticizing our line, criticizing our fat slap quarterback and all that shit, maybe you should get your facts straight and, uh, and talk shit when you win a game. So, see you later. Another beating of the Dolphins. Yeah, well, you know what? They're going to keep coming, you guys. You know, the fans from other teams, all they got to do is listen to someone out there, listen to the Raider Nation podcast. They're going to come on in to the bone line. All they got to do is get on there and call, and we put them down so you can hear what other teams have to say about our Oakland Raiders. These other fans were all over the country. <laughs> They're going to come in, so you know what you got to do. And, of course, Raider Nathan, you came in and did it. You're going to be up there with the Juan Ore, huh? That's pretty cool. It's pretty funny. Right on. And he's an Oakland Raider native. That's even more brutal. Let's see who we got next here. Raider Rich. Raider Greg. Raider Randy. This is Raider Rich. It's my first call to the bowling line. I've been a Raider since my grandpa declared the NFL so boring he couldn't see straight. Switched the channel to watch the American Football League. This was 1967, first year that Upshaw, God's rest his soul, joined the team. LaMonica took the reins, and the Raiders went 13-1, and starting with a 51-0 annihilation of the Denver Broncos. I was in eighth grade at the time. Had been a Packer fan, just like everybody else in school. But one game with Ben Davidson was all it took to flush the Packers forever. I've been a Raider fan ever since. If you cut me, I'll bleed silver and black. Last few years have been tough, obviously, but it's been easier to take with the help of your podcast. Great things that you and Randy have done. I want to thank you for that. I know you're having fun too, but you're doing a great thing for the nation. I only ask that you think about one thing. Lately, there seems to be more and more homophobic comments, like the recent Steers and Queers comment. Well, now I've noticed that some of the smaller minds in the nation are getting on the bone line and spewing homophobic epithets. This isn't what you want from the podcast, is it? I mean, we all love the Raiders with everything we've got, but some of us have family and friends who are gay. You want to create a site that both celebrates the proud legacy of the Raider Nation and advances the cause of homophobia? It's okay if you do. It's your podcast after all. 
I just would prefer that you come right out and say it. No fags or fag lovers allowed. Of course, if you just got caught up in the moment, didn't really mean to get this homo thing going, maybe you could say something about it and screen these kinds of calls out. Just want you to think about it. Peace, Greg and Randy. Go Raiders. Raider Rich. Right on. Thanks for the accolades, brother. I appreciate it. Eighth grade is when you became a Raider fan. That's right. That was a 51-0 to beating of the Broncos, and you were lucky enough to witness it. That's very, very cool. 1967, 13-1. Man, I wish that we had those days back, don't you? I do. Well, let's get on to the thing that's kind of important in your bone line cast, even though I know you love the show, and I appreciate you love the show. And it's important that you do, because that's what we're here for. We're just here to entertain, and we're talking about football. Yes, it gets very emotional, and yes, sometimes I just go off and do my thing. I don't make any apologies here on the Rain Nation podcast. I don't for anything, just because it's our show, and I put out what we think is appropriate and funny. There's no bashing involved here. I'm a spick. I'm a Puerto Rican. Take a hit. I don't think it's too sensitive. I don't think people should be too sensitive about comments made unless they're made directly derogatorily in a statement that directly hits at the core of anybody's personal trip, as in homosexuality or whatever it may be. I think that, well, I'll tell you right now, right now, I owned a beauty salon for three years. That's right. Raider Greg owned a beauty salon for three years. Absolutely. I was a cosmetologist. I went to school. So don't tell me. Well, you can't tell me that I don't know a whole lot about homosexuality being of that industry. And I'll tell you this. I never heard all, I've never heard any insults uh, more insulting than those guys and gals used to say back and forth to each other. They were so funny because they were in the same crowd or the same situation and i was just you know i was just uh, in the in the room listening to the whole comedy go on yes they were bantering back and forth with uh epithets that are you know too sensitive for me to say on this show but they were funny and back and forth to each other it was even funnier no one took it serious no one went home upset no one got emotional and no one got crazy about it it's just the way it is in this society and i can't help it I don't have anything against anybody, color, creed, or indifferent. If you're a Raider fan and you're a fish, right on. I'll high-fin I'll high you. If you're anything else, it doesn't matter to me as long as you're a fan. That's what's important to me. And the other thing is important that I can entertain you in the time that you have here at the Raider Nation podcast. That's very important to me. So no hard feelings, no hurt feelings. I hope that anybody who listens to my show and hears the way I talk about things doesn't get all twisted up and their panties in a bunch because it's just football. I'm a regular guy, I'm a good guy, and I have no ill will towards anybody because that's just the way it is. If it's funny, I'm going to say it, and if you can't laugh about it, then I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know what to say. But it's not intentional. I don't encourage anybody to do that. But I don't tell anybody what they can say because this is the way our show has been from the very beginning. I make no apologies. If someone comes in with something too harsh and too brutal, I won't put it on. But, you know, we had trouble with cuss words at the very beginning. But things got, you know, a little bit more relaxed. And then, you know, here we are right now at this point. Don't be too emotional. Don't get too excited. If you hear a word or phrase or whatever, because there's nothing personal here, Padna, 
It's not the way we roll here at the Raider Nation podcast. So that's about all the explanation I'm going to give. I hope it's satisfactory to you. If it's not, then I hope you keep listening. If you don't, oh, well, I hope everybody else keeps listening. (laughs) I don't know what to say other than that's the way we roll, and that's the way we're going to roll. So thanks for the call, and I certainly appreciate the accolades. And it's very honoring to me and Randy that a fan that's been around for so many years likes our show. That says a lot to me and Randy about the content, other than what you didn't like, that we have must be on the right track because we're hitting home to the people that we really care about, the real Raider fans, and that would be you, my friend. Sorry about your family members who might be offended, but they're just going to have to get over it because that's just the way it is here at the podcast. Who we got next? Raider Rod from Virginia. Raider Greg. Randy, hello, gentlemen, and all Raider Nation podcast listeners. This is Raider Rod out here in Virginia once again coming at you. Look here. I have to call. I have to call in. I had to call in. I'm listening to your podcast, and I'm hearing you just rip these writers, man, up there. What is going on? Why are they hating on us, man? They're like across the street from our Mecca, for God's sakes. we got the La Costa Nostra uh, Sun Times or whatever is going on up there. They're doing their thing to bash us. you got the San Francisco Chronic Cow. I call them the Chronic Cow because they on some old smoking, out-of-control shit. Why do they diss us, man? I know this is a, I know this is a forum, but we're supposed to have a take and give our damnedest to... Big up our team, but I had to call in, and that's a question for you. What the hell do these guys do? Do they just, I mean, are they like 40 whiner uh, apologists or something? I, I can't stand it. I had to ask that question. I know you're going to answer it for me because you're just the, 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 the hold it down person for us, you know what I'm saying? And, and the reason why I'm asking that because these, these punk-ass bitches on this side, I mean, I'm, I'm in Richmond, Virginia, for God's sake, so I'm surrounded by... Um, Port skin. I'm sorry, Redskins, uh, <laughs> um, Panther fans, um, and Baltimore Ravens and all that, and they just slam us, and they're just, like, bigging them up every time they get a chance. There's no, I mean, their shit just does not stink. But I get on the podcast, and I hear how those creatures up there are just destroying us. Is there any publications up there that just love us as we do? The nation is strong. We hold it down. We go from coast to coast. Hell no. We go worldwide. And why do they just blast us? I can't understand it. But look, I'm not going to stay on here long. I'm going to get off here and listen to what you got to say. I'm loving everything I've seen. we got two preseason games under our belt. The third one, by the time you hear this, will be under a win column for us because those birds are trash. And, I mean, all I can say is go nation. God bless our troops and peace. I love it. The Contra Costa Times called La La Cosa Nostra Times. (laughs) Well, you know what? Let me tell you about the Bay Area media here, buddy. That's why you have the Raider Nation podcast, folks. I got sick and tired of it. There is no Raider news. There's no Raider love here. There's no Raider love in the Bay Area. We get one third-string 
AM station, 560, that you can listen to the game on here in the Bay Area. And that is all, my friends. And you ask why? I'll tell you why. It's all in the money. That's right. Bay Area Media is paid for, bought and paid for by the 49ers and the Giants. That's right. Now, not too long ago, the Raiders had uh, an agreement with 1050 Sports Talk Radio, and it was pretty refreshing having a Raider radio uh, commentary with all our regular guys on there, Greg Papa and everything else. It was great. Uh, It lasted for two seasons, and because... Uh, 1050 was so pro 49ers because they they took the care of the Niners too. They couldn't be unbiased, so the Raiders were getting the bottom of the line, you know, love, and barely getting any love at that. That's why the Raiders quit, stopped paying them their money, and we moved on. So that's why you have the Raider Nation podcast because I was pissed. I wasn't getting my Raider fix, and I figured, hell, man, if I ain't getting mine, who's getting theirs in Cincinnati, Ohio? or Michigan, or New England, or Florida, or wherever else for that matter in the world, Germany, England, Australia, you name it. That's what it's all about. That's why I'm here, and that's what's going on with that. And that's all I got to say. The only good newspaper around here is the Mercury News. They're the only ones who have a real positive slant to the Raiders. It sounds funny, but it's a San Jose paper, and there's a lot of Raider fans in San Jose, a lot more than you'd think. So... That's what it is. That's what it is around here, Padna. Sorry about that, but that's the Bay Area media, and that's the way I have to see it because that's the way it is. Who you got next? Now, I didn't get the name on this guy here, but he does use the term long neck mammal. If you pay close attention, you'll hear it twice, and I love it. So I'm going to call him the long neck mammal for right now. It might not be a good term. Ugh. I'm never right. <laughs> Hit it, long neck mammal. <laughs> oh my god. Are you having a long neck mammal? I mean, come on. I just watched the pre-game, preseason game against the Cards, and boy, did we suck. Darren McFadden couldn't get any penetration. Our line couldn't protect Jamarcus Russell. The only good thing is that Russell's got an arm and he seems to be throwing laser-guided missiles out there at the moment. Yes, okay, that was the plus, uh, plus side. But come on, what the hell is with our defense? 24 zip? You're having a long-necked mammal. I seriously hope we shape up in the rest of the preseason. Otherwise, we're going to be getting the first-round draft pick next season, and I really don't want that. Let's try and have a winning season, but catch you later. Yes, I know. It's a bad game. I just went on my rant. You're going to hear about it. You're going to hear it this podcast. So you're going to hear yourself, too. So you know how my concerns are. And uh, you are right to be concerned as well. And I'm a little bit blown away as well because I thought we were making great progress. And let me get me. don't let me get going because I'll keep ranting if you do. So let's see who we got here. Oh, my goodness gracious. Another fabulous surprise from another team. We have the Proud Panther. Let's hear what the little kitty has to say. Yeah, kitty, 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 kitty. Yo, this is the Proud Panther. I just want to let you know that your podcast is nothing but a big joke. It's ridiculous. Raider Greg, that what you call yourself? 
That's one of the biggest bitch-ass names I've ever heard. Just want to let you know, my team, Carolina Panthers, they're going to come to your house. They're going to kick your ass. They're going to run up the score. I'm guaranteeing you it's going to be a 42-0 victory. Their team, your friends will be leaving the stadium before the halftime. And just to let you know also that you should end this podcast, but it's nothing but a joke. Peace. Whoa, there's are some tall words there, partner. Tall words from a pussycat. That's right. The Panthers, the pussycats. What's the difference? Hey, come to Oakland. You guys are coming here. I'm in section 317, row 8, seats 11 and 12. I will be there every game. If you're not here for your game, Patna, pretenda, because if you're not here, you're talking a whole lot of shit for someone who's not going to be in the stands. If you're in the stands and all the fans are gone by halftime, I'd love to be there to see you. I'd love to be see you, love to see you there at the beginning of the game. Come by our tailgate. Have a brew. Hey, make the world a better place. Punch a Panther fan in the face. That's what I always like to say. And you know what? This bitch will bitch slap your ass all the way back to the Carolinas, Padna. So bring it. You heard where I am. So there you go. I'm not afraid. Please come visit. 42 to 0. You know what? You guys could beat us. I mean, I'm going to be total honest right now. Yeah, the Panthers could beat the Raiders. But you know what? <laughs> I wish I could let the players hear this one. They're not going to need it. You're going to be here in our house. Good luck. Good life. Come back and visit again sometime soon. The Carolina Panthers, as far as stopping the podcast, many have tried. None have succeeded. Nice talking, proud pussy. See ya. Rip Raider, my good friend and brother, Harvey Robinson. Harvey, hit it, partner. Yeah, hello, Raider Greg. This is Rip Raider Robinson here. I'm calling because um, I finally have enough rants and uh, there's a few things that I got to get off my chest. Getting pretty angry at uh, a certain Mr. Al Davis. But uh, before I get to that one, I'd like to make a couple of quick comments. Uh, first of all, about Jamarcus Russell watching the game tonight against the Arizona Cardinals. I was struck by the number of passes that uh, Jamarcus Russell was successful in in the early part of the game, the first quarter, specifically a lot of pass plays. There were quite a few pass plays before any run plays were, were executed in the, in the plan, and they looked really good, and the Raiders were actually moving the ball down the field pretty well. I was concerned but because um, the Raiders weren't able to get the ball in the end zone as they played uh, the first string team all the way through uh, almost to the end of the third quarter. And still there was a lot of disjointed-looking plays uh, by the Raiders. It makes me wonder if Jamarcus is one-dimensional. I know it's kind of early to make this kind of conclusion, but I am concerned about his uh, his seemingly inability to think on his feet, uh, make the proper decisions. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot going on there with with uh, Mr. Russell. But I'll reserve my um, comments on him as far as making a decision on his skill for later. 
my second uh, rant is the passing game. Passing game is okay, but what about the run game? Tonight there was uh, a few. There were a few run games attempted, and uh, Mr. McFadden had a little bit of trouble getting open. It, it was obvious though that once he breaks a play, he can run for a long time. The guy has quick hands and fast feet. The question is, uh, can he get open enough? My third rant and final rant is Al Davis versus Lane Kiffin. And uh, earlier this week, Lane Kiffin challenged Al and let Al know that uh, he can't coach a team with one hand tied behind his back. And uh, that seemed to be a direct challenge to Mr. Davis's insistence upon keeping players who Lane Kiffin feels are not performing up to standard, but he has no control over being able to let them go. Here's another example of uh, what appears to me is Mr. Davis meddling in and not allowing his coach to uh, actually run the team as he sees fit. And I'm afraid that that bodes ill for the whole season if uh, Lane Kiffin doesn't have the, the freedom to uh, run the team. And to watch him on the sidelines tonight was kind of disappointing to see Lane Kiffin uh, looking as, as, he, as if he didn't have a whole lot of say in what plays were called and, and the overall um, scheme and flow of the game tonight. So that doesn't bode well for the future. I, I'm really concerned that, uh, that Al and Lane are not getting along so uh, badly that it's going to affect the team down the line. Anyway, I'm looking forward to going to Raider games this year. I'm just kind of reserved, uh, a little more reserved than normal. Um, I'll call a little later because i got some more to talk about in terms of uh, how the Raiders actually looked in practice. In the meantime, go Raiders, and see you later. Have a good day. Well, you know, i got to agree with you on everything, Harvey. Uh, you know, now you know what it's like being over here. You should be helping me with these shows because I have all so much stuff. I can't cram it all into one show anyway. I'd be here for days. First quarter, you know, he did look like he was passing pretty well, but <laughs> he was hurried up, my friend. Our line collapsed. I think you should see the game. I saw it three times. It wasn't pretty. It might have looked good once, but three times, I don't think so. The red zone was a dead zone for the Oakland Raiders and could not put the ball into it. It was not good for our team that night. Now, the third quarter, we had some bad plays. Yes, that's right. We were one-dimensional. Why? Don't ask me. I cannot understand that this is the game we're supposed to be game planning for, and it was just pedestrian. Pedestrian coaching. Shades of Tom Walsh. And I'm not kidding. You don't think I'm kidding because it was that bad. Now, I understand the Al Davis issue, too, that Al's got his crooked little finger in the team and is not letting Kiffin let players go. I understand this thing between Kiffin and him is getting a little heated, and maybe not. Maybe it's all conjecture from here, um, and I hope it doesn't affect the team as well. But you have a total right to be concerned. I see the same thing in this game. This is what I see, exactly what you see. I see a coach that was supposed to plan for a game and got a dismal pie in the eye. Um, 
I just don't know what's going on there, and I'm hoping that this is just a bump in the road and an experiment that went terribly wrong. Other than that, you're right. We're going to have a long season, and you know what? I'm looking forward. I was looking forward this season until I saw this pathetic performance at home. Please, if you're going to play like this, play like this away. That's what I say. I don't want to see it. Kiffin did look stressed. His face was stressed out, and I looked at it a bunch of times. The more interesting note was him and Knapp kept going back and forth, and these, you know, they'd be, you know, they wouldn't be standing next to each other. They'd be, you know, kind of coming, not very comfortable looking at all. The atmosphere was very unorganized, as was our team. You notice we had to call a timeout because we were running out of time. Things like that we didn't have in the first two games. The first two games were very, very, much more smooth, like I said before, on those games. Those games, the penalties were minimized. You know, there was so much more going on as far as being together. Our team was in disarray. That's all I got to say. Thanks for coming in, Harvey. HVAC Miller. Hey, Raider Greg. This is HVAC Miller. I just called sick. I got a big bone to pick with the Raiders. What the fuck are they doing trying to not run the ball? They can't score one point on the Arizona Cardinals? That's bullshit. I hope that we do much better in the season opener against the fucking Donk Hoes. Because if not, it's going to be a long season for us Raider fans. They need to get the ball in McFadden's hands, and they need to have Javon need a walker. He needs to retire. We need to go trade for Anquan Bolden. You know, Javon Walker sucks. Bye. Well, I got to tell you, too, Miller, I was bummed out, too. Our game plan sucked, and I, I can't even go into it anymore because I already have. You heard me on this one, and I agree with you. Walker, you can't go nowhere now, partner. We don't have anybody to replace him. We need every wide receiver we have, even if he's shitty, even if he has crappy attitude, we got to have him. We have to have him out there to see if he can get some balls. He didn't do a bad he didn't have a bad game this game. I think that's what the main thing they wanted to do is throw the ball to him. And the funny thing is, I know that the cards knew who was going to get the ball, and they double teamed him a lot, and he still ended up pulling the ball down. So I'm not too bad. Walker, if he continues to play like he does, at least it's consistent. It's not great, but it's good, and I'll take that over bad any day of the week. Don't worry about our team. Could be just a passing phase. Let's hope so. I surely hope so. Who we got next? Joel from the Coachella Valley. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Joel out here in Coachella Valley. Uh, watched the game against the Cardinals yesterday, and I was uh, not too impressed on the way we moved the ball. We've got one more preseason game here. And um, I'd like to see us get a victory here uh, going into the season uh, for confidence reasons. And, um, you know, hopefully they are hiding a bunch of things because right now I'm not too impressed uh, from last game uh, against the Cardinals. So once again, like I said, I hope they're hiding some things. Um, We need to get McFadden out in space. Use Vargas and Bush uh, for the backfield. And shoot, let's line up McFadden as a receiver. What's that going to hurt? Nothing. We've got excellent runners. We might as well use his hands when we got the chance. 
anyway, guys, great show. Keep it up. And uh, hopefully we can get a uh, victory here against the Seahawks, like I said, to go in to see the Broncos for the opening season. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later, and I'm out. Yeah, well, Russell was always a question mark to me, but I think, you know, the more I watch him, he does have an upside that's pretty incredible. He's got a great pass. It's beautiful. It's a little too powerful. If he ever can control it and get it together the way he can do his checkdowns, then maybe we have a good quarterback. But it's just too early to see. Uh, they put the pressure on this time, and, you know, he had the, he was under the heat. So uh, he was very frustrated as well, but he didn't look he didn't look like he was defeated to me. I watched his face every time he came off the field, and he was determined to do better every single time all the way to the end of the game. He went into play, and he was not messing around. There was no depression in his face, not as near as much as there was in Kiffin's. We didn't move the ball very well. I won't disagree with that, and we got to keep Walker. And our three-headed monster has been crippled with the loss of Orrin O'Neill. I'll just say that, and I just pray that we get someone to take his place. I just pray. Everybody else better pray, too, because he is a incredibly important part of any team. That fullback is huge to the running game. We need someone who's brutal. We'd looked for a long time. We picked him out in the draft because he was brutal and turned out to be a great player all season last year. I sure hope he comes back well. I, you know, he probably will. He's going to have some surgeries, a serious injury, though, for him. I just hope that he can play football again. He's a great kid and a, a fine talent that we need on our team. Well, that's about it for this show, folks. Uh, I just I wish I had some more positive news. The next team we got to play is the Sea Hags. So let's get out up there and beat the bird crap out of them. And uh, hopefully we can show that we can go into the season with a W. I wouldn't be surprised, however, if we get an L, and here's why. Kiffin's not going to want to put anybody out on the field that's going to be hurt. It'll all be second stringers, and you know what our second string does. I told you how light we were, and uh, we're not stacked at any position. So look for a beating because that's what it's going to be like, I believe, if our second team gets down in there. I know they're not going to try to plan for it. I know they're not going to do a whole lot for this game. So, uh you know what? I'm not looking for a whole lot of anything out of the Sea Hags. I wish we'd beat their ass because I hate their fans, and that's the truth. But it's the way it is, Padna. Rainer Nation Podcast will be back at you just for that pregame. we got a short little show, hopefully right before the game, and we'll get it, get it down to you and see what we can do about uh, breaking it down. And I'm not real happy about the Seahawks game. We shouldn't even have it. It's a waste of time. But – we're going to get to it anyway and get the preseason out of the way because then we got the Bronc hose coming into town, baby. If you haven't got your ass in a seat, you better find one. And if you're around this Bay Area, you better get one because I'm telling you, it'll be the event of the year in Oakland. You better be there to see us because this is going to make or break this team this year. We have to win this game. There is no doubt about it. And that's exactly what Shannarat is saying. They have got to win this game. We have no choice. We got to leave kidneys out there, man. Got to leave body parts out there on the field because this is the real deal. Well, hope you enjoyed the show. This is Raider Craig, and I 